Our scripture, this, our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 9 through 15. Hear these words of scripture. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today is one of my favorite Sundays of every year because Confirmation Sunday is a day when students who have studied and prayed and discerned then take ownership of their own faith. They've learned about scripture, church history, who God is, and how a relationship with God can transform their lives. They've wondered and asked questions and acknowledged that there's still so much to learn. So much to learn about with God and experience with God. Because this faith journey is a journey of humble knowing. It's a lifelong commitment to learning with God and with one another, acknowledging along the way that God is mystery, endlessly understandable, continuously unfolding and revealing more and more and more to us as we learn and grow. This humble knowing has some certainties. Yes, God is love. God is unconditional love. God has showed God's self to us in human form through Jesus. And God created all that there is and is still creating through the Holy Spirit. But humble knowing also leaves space for doubt and wonder and questions. I don't know how God has always been. That's a mystery to me. I don't know how God created everything we see. I don't know how that all works. It's a mystery, and it's part of this humble knowing. But the biggest part of this humble knowing, and I think one of the hardest parts, is trust. The question I get asked most often by confirmands, kids, and adults is, but how do you know? 
And my answer is never sufficient. It's never what they want to hear because it's, I know because I've experienced it. I've experienced the love of God. And I trust that somehow God is going to show up. God will provide. God will be God. But before I knew, I had to trust. I had to open my mind and my heart to the possibility of God and trust that when God revealed God's self, I would know it. This is the one thing that we asked of the confirmands at the beginning of the year, that they would come with this open heart, a willingness to see God and to be changed by God. And that's a big ask. Because it's different than what we learn in school and what they're learning in school every day, that there are these things, and these things are these things. And then they come here, and we go, what do you think? And they're like, I don't know. Tell me what, you, what, what to think. And we had to sit in that together. And that's what we're each asked to do as we begin our faith journey and then each and every day following because an open heart is where transformation can begin. And in today's scripture, we can see what having an open heart can do. We have two examples. First, we have Paul. Paul is crazy about Jesus, and he's traveling all around the known world at that time, sharing about who Jesus is and how Jesus came to transform everything. And so he and his companions, Silas and Timothy, they're trying to figure out where to go next on this big journey to share the good news. And the verse just before what Dana read, we see that they tried to go several different places that they thought would be good places to share the news of Jesus. But for one reason or another, those places, they just didn't work. So then one night, Paul has a vision. He has a dream. In this dream, there's a man in Macedonia begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so Paul, he wakes up, and immediately he and his entourage, they go together and they leave for Macedonia. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I've ever woken up from a dream and thought, okay, I'm going to go do exactly what that dream did. And because that is God speaking. I have lots of dreams. I've never done that. But that's what we see in, in Paul's vision. Paul sees this as and trusts that this is God's vision for him because he's opened his heart to God speaking in whatever way God chooses. And I'm sure, I hope that if God chooses to speak to me through a dream, that I'm going to know it's God, and it's not going to be some, I don't know, crazy weird thing. But here we see Paul choosing to go, trusting that this dream is God speaking. And in verse 12, it tells us that they travel to Philippi, which was a Roman colony and a leading city in that district of Macedonia. And so they stay there in Philippi for several days. And while they're there, they meet a woman named Lydia, who's a dealer in purple cloth and a worshiper of God. 
And it says in verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And then she and all the members of her household were baptized. This is the other example of opening our hearts and what this can do. And I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the anomaly that is Lydia. Because very few times in Scripture are women named because of the patriarchal culture from which Scripture was birthed. So when we see Lydia, a woman named, we know that there is something that we should pay attention to. This is a woman of importance. She's a businesswoman, a dealer, and a merchant in her own right, and she is the head of her entire household. She is all of this, living within this Roman culture, built on binary ideas like you're in, you're out. You're a citizen, you're not a citizen. You're part of this class or you're not part of this class. And in that binary black and white culture, she shouldn't have done any of this. But here she is, and she's living this out. She's living outside of all of these norms, and then she chooses to step even further outside by becoming a follower of Jesus. Jesus, who actively spoke in opposition to the status quo. And because she's head of her household, when she's converted, her whole household is as well. They are all baptized into the faith, made new in Jesus. Lydia is a participant with God in this because she allowed her heart to be opened and transformed. So these two examples of people trusting God, opening their hearts, and enabling them to hear God speak, these can speak to us now. Because because their lives were transformed, the lives of others were transformed as well. Paul opened his heart. He heard God speak through that dream and then went on a journey to Philippi where then God opened Lydia's heart so that she could hear God speak through Paul, and then her life was transformed as well as her whole household. Because this journey of faith, we know it's not just a journey, a solo journey. Yes, we open our hearts. That is that first step that we take in our faith. And then we hear God speak through all kinds of different people and different ways. Parents, mentors, friends, even pastors sometimes. And the, the confirmands, they shared this. They wrote on these strips of paper that you can see on the altar today, and they wrote down the names of the people that they could think of in their lives that have transformed their lives have taught them something. The people who, have, who God has spoken through for them. We each have these people in our lives. These people who have helped us to claim the name Christian for ourselves, just like Lydia did so long ago. And it all begins, though, with opening our hearts, with trusting that God is speaking, with a humble humility in our hearts, 
knowing that we're not going to know all of the things, but that's the joy in doing this Christian journey together. As we move into a time of communion, celebrating Holy Communion together, I want to, to share I want to share their, um, the definitions of overflowing faith that the Conferman shared. Dana asked each of them to, to share, what, just ask the question, what does overflowing faith mean to you? And they each gave their own answer. And it's wonderful how you can see how in these answers they've claimed what it means to be a Christian for themselves. Ben said overflowing faith is having so much faith that the Lord and his teachings, that it fills your body and it also spills out, so you also help give faith out to others. Sarah said, I think overflowing faith means that God loves us so much and we love him just as much in return, and that us and God are both willing to do anything and everything to show our overflowing faith and love towards each other. And Lucy said, overflowing faith is when people have so much faith that they share it with others and everyone can then enjoy the feeling of God's love. And Hayden says, to me, I have overflowing faith when my belief in God fills me up and pours out of me. And Ash says, overflowing faith is trying to do your part in helping out the world to be the way that God had intended. May it be so. As we come to this time of Holy Communion, we begin with the prayer of confession. And we begin with confession because it allows us to claim that we are works in progress. 